Hello everyone, welcome to this episode of Hockey Prospect Report. I'm Frankie alongside with Nick, who you'll hear from a little bit later. But before we get into this episode, we want to let you know about our sponsor, Customized Sports. Customized Sports offers high-quality Tackle Tool jersey kits featuring the name bar and the numbers, and which you can get for any blank jersey that you own. For more information about Customized Sports, please visit them on their website, www.customizedsports.com, or on their Reddit or eBay page at customized-sports. As well, at checkout, use code PROSPECT10 for your 10% discount. Thank you to Customized Sports for sponsoring us. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Hockey Prospect Report. Nick here with my buddy Frankie. Frankie, what's going on? It's a good day today, Frankie. It just is. I don't know why. It's a good day. Never mind. Before you talk, I know why. You know why? No. You should. Why? Tomorrow is the day, Frankie. NHL 21 beta. It's technically yesterday when this comes out. You're right. No, it's today. Yes, no, it's coming out on no, it's coming out on Tuesday. You're right. You're right. Okay, so the beta's out by now, guys. It's not a beta, Nick. It's a technical it's test. It's a uh, not it's a closed technical test. Closed technical and test. And there is there's apparently a difference, which just all this means a closed technical test versus the beta means that they're going to give us an absolutely abhorrent product. Which is not good because usually the beta is the best version of the game. Ah, but what if maybe this means this is going to be a bad version and then the game is going to be exceptional? No. Yep. Nope. Yeah, it will. No. It's, it's going to be that way. I promise no. you. I'm pretty stoked. We say that every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still going to buy it. Still going to spend $100 on it. Yes, sir. Yes, you sir. You can't stop me. Yep. Still going to pay for the big edition. Anyways. Moving on from NHL, which I know we're all so excited for. We got another report day for you guys. We're talking more prospects, because who doesn't love talking about prospects? If you haven't listened to last week's episode, we talked about the New York Rangers. That was the first that we did, talking about a team and the kind of things that they should be doing, who they should be drafting. So let us know what you guys think. If you want to hear more of that, more teams, we'll be happy to keep doing it. Otherwise... We're going to move on with our regular routine. Sound good, Frankie? Yeah, I don't know. You just, you get on my case for talking too much sometimes, and wow. Whoa, 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 whoa. When have I done that? I've never done that on air. <laughs> yeah. You're right, you're right. <laughs> yeah, on air. Yeah, Not, I would never it. say that on air. But I'll happily say that the second I hit the record button to end it. <laughs> okay. Okay, yeah, Time sure. to get serious. It's time to get serious. Talking prospects, Frankie. Let's get down to business. All right, first one on the list. Okay, Jesus, what is happening here? We're getting down to business. Okay, well. All right, all right, here we go. First one on the list. I'm calling it out. We're doing Ryan O'Rourke. I like Ryan O'Rourke. He's a D-man. I like defensemen. He's a a pretty big boy, too, six foot two. Plays for the uh, Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds. And... Ryan O'Rourke, I think, is really uh, underrated right now in this draft. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call out every single person who's ranked this guy, and they're all wrong. He should be going in the late first round. I don't care what anyone says. I mean, the highest that someone's got him going is, I mean, it's North American skaters ranking. I'm not looking at that at 27. But McKean's hockey's got him going at 30. Completely wrong. Okay, well, maybe that one I agree with. Everything else, McKenzie Yeah, you just said you think he's... Mackenzie 37, Craig Button, 53 for Craig Button. Get out of here. Like, I mean, come on. This is wrong. You've watched the tape, Frankie. What do you think? See, Nick, I, I don't know. Like, Ryan O'Rourke, and like I told you before we started recording this, if I call him Nathan Rourke, my apologies. Nathan Rourke is a, a Canadian quarterback that was just drafted in the CFL, so I'm going to inevitably say Nathan Rourke or shorten it to Rourke. Forgive me. But Ryan O'Rourke, to me, like, I think he's okay. Like, I don't think that you're going to get anything special out of him. He can do – I think he's pretty good offensively. Um, there's times on the ice, though, where I kind of forget he's a defenseman. Like, I, I don't know if it's just something that um, the Greyhounds do schematically, maybe. But I don't know. It, it just feels like he's kind of an extra forward out there sometimes to me. I – disagree with you 100 percent. really ryan o'rourke is a rock 
I think he's he's one of the more stable defensemen I've seen. Now we've seen a ton of stable. Def- it seems like all the defensemen that are, you know, going high in the first round are, you know, stable. I guess. Um, but but I I like the way he plays. He's he's he holds that blue line down really well. He kind of reminds me of Jacob Truba almost. That's the kind of style I see in him, and. You know, he is good in the offensive side of things. He can most definitely rush the puck in. He's for his size, dude, he can skate really well with the puck. I mean, he oh, yeah, it, he's really good for his, his size. I think one of the interesting things about him, though, like you watch uh, some of the stuff that he's involved with, it almost feels like every second offensive possession, he's finding himself below the dots. You know, that that's why I say that it almost feels like he's an extra forward because. There's just times where it almost feels like the Greyhounds are playing on the power play constantly where they always have four forwards and one of them's just they're rotating back and forth all the time. Again, it could be a schematical thing. It could just be something that uh, O'Rourke likes to do and his teammates are comfortable with him doing. But I don't know. I think that's not necessarily a bad part of his game as long as he can shut it down defensively, which I think he can. Well, it looks like they run a power play style even during even strength yeah. well, the greyhounds the greyhounds weren't that amazing this year either so they kind of had to do whatever they could and considering i would put o'rourke up there with one of their best players this year i would say yeah so getting him involved offensively in any way that you could was pretty important for them he only scored seven goals but he was always 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 out there and be an important part of their offense he skyrocketed, though. I mean, he went from 62 games and 22 points last season to this season putting up 37 points in 54 games, less games, and he doubled his plus minus. So you can clearly I mean, see the team, the team is doing better. He They're improving a little bit, and he himself is improving. But Well, that, that also, a lot of that comes down to not only is he now one of the better players on that team, but... In 2019, or in the in the in the 18-19 season, you're looking at a Sioux Greyhounds team who finished number three in the in the West. They finished the season with 96 points, only three points behind London, who finished with 99. And um, you know, it's it's tough as a defenseman to be a big focal point of the offense when your offense is actually good. But with the Greyhounds being as bad as they were this year, he was able to show that off a little bit more. I just think he's a really – you can tell he's a team player. He's, he's got that that style of play that is committed to winning and helping your team be successful and, you know, also holding his own. Um, I mean, you can see that in play styles. You can tell when someone's a little bit cocky or they're trying to just, you know, get as many goals as possible. He does his part and you know what he needs to do. And, you know, I think if they really wanted to put him at forward, he could probably do it pretty well. He'd be like Brendan Smith, like the Rangers do, moving him back and forth. But Yeah, I think you could. And part uh, about that leadership, too, um, I swear to God that he wore the C with the Greyhounds this year. Um, it's not showing up, but, you know, he wore the A with um, uh, top prospects white, I believe it was, that he played for. Yep. And there's, there's pictures of him here wearing the C. I'm just double-checking because... I've seen him wear the C and I've seen him not. And I'm, I'm assuming that he wore the captaincy this year because I, I swear to God, Nick, I swear to God, he wore it. <laughs> We're going to go based off that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty positive. He did. I think, okay. When he came to Ottawa this year, he was wearing it. So that, that tells me all I need to know. If you, if you didn't wear it after that, so be it. But he wore it when he was in Ottawa. So that's, that's all that matters. <laughs> all right. Glad we figured that out. But yeah, that that's that's leadership, right? Like that, right then and there, that that shows you what the, the, his teammates think of him. Mm-hmm. And and not only is he a great leader on the ice, he he, he just plays good positional hockey, and he, he has a great hockey sense. And I, I'm just flabbergasted with his rankings, especially Craig Button, fifty three. Yeah. yeah, I mean, come on, the guys he. At the very least, he's going, you know, last four picks in the first round. You know? Yeah. He's got an exceptional chance of going early second round. You know, he can, he can make a case to go late first. But, like, 53? Come on, Craig. What are you doing? Even McKenzie, I'm a little disappointed. It's like, 
I don't know. I think he's really underrated. I, I it just seems like all of the the leadership guys you see getting passed on. Well, it's not you can't just draft a guy based on leadership, right? He he's got to have the tools as well. But I I think O'Rourke brings you a good mixture of the both. Yeah. I think he's I think he's a good defenseman. Maybe maybe not your star caliber defenseman like a Jamie Drysdale. Or, you know, some some of the other ones that we've seen in previous classes, like Aaron Eckblad or anything. But I think he brings you a good organizational depth piece that you can pick up probably in the second round pretty early on that you can kind of put some trust into and you, you can actually work to develop him to get to the point where you want him to be. And I think, like you said, I think he has the flexibility to become a forward at some point if that's the route you want to go. So... I don't think necessarily that he's a first-round pick like you do. I don't really disagree with where Bob McKenzie has him. I think Craig Button might have him a little bit low, but in the grand scheme of things, we're talking about a second-round pick nonetheless. So I can't really get mad at either of those rankings. But, you know, I think someone's going to get a good chip with O'Rourke. And uh, I'm interested to see what, what he's going to make make out of his career because he has the potential to be a good top four defenseman. I, I, I'd probably put his limit at top four. I was just going to say that top four sounds just about right. Top six, I think is too little for him. He's got a much higher ceiling. Now. I don't, I don't, uh, well, not, not ceiling, but what, what's, what do you think his floor is? If you think as a ceiling, oh, okay, that's four. fair. That's four. Uh, or, excuse me. That's fair. I, I think he's a surefire NHL or he has the potential oh, yeah? to be there. I, yeah, I think he has the potential. Um, to most definitely make the NHL on a team, just with his his combination of skills and leadership, for sure he he can make it. Now, obviously, everyone can you know kick the bucket and, and screw the pooch, but he, he most definitely top six at the very least. And no, if he really on. puts in the work, top two. No, no, hold on here. Kick the bucket, Nick. Uh, well, you know what I miss. Why I changed the screw maybe, the pooch? You get maybe <laughs> not the best uh, analogy here. Like I. I don't think you should be right, anticipating right. him to die. You're right. You're right. You're right. It's not what I meant to say. I changed it quickly <laughs> to screw the pooch. I didn't like that one either. Just so you know. All right. Well, that one that one fits better. You know. <laughs> sure. You know, I know yeah. you, you guys don't say it in Canada, but it's it's a thing here. Okay. You know, whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think from watching O'Rourke, it's it, it it's he's he's the kind of player that you're not really gonna notice unless you're you're kind of looking for him i guess is the best way that i could put it like i think he's good but i don't think that he makes enough incredible plays or enough terrible plays for you to notice him and and that's not necessarily a bad thing you know when Connor mcdavid's out there you know he's out there for sens fans and leafs fans when cody cc's out there you know he's out there so i don't think it's necessarily a great thing nor is it a terrible thing that he's not always the most noticeable but I, I think he has more good in his game than he does bad and if we're looking on a much grander scale too like Patrice Bergeron for me I don't think is is a guy that you really see as flashy on the ice but he makes a huge difference and that's the kind of kind of style he is not a Patrice Bergeron I'm not putting him up to that expectation but just that leadership style of play where where you know where you need to be and you're going to support your team no matter where you are, which is a big bonus on your team. Yeah. Well, we'll have to come back to this point because I am literally right now talking to um, one of our, or one of uh, the guys that covers the Greyhounds that we've talked to in the past. Um, so we'll, we'll come back to that when he responds to me here. Uh, but Nick, do you, who do we want to do next? Um, let's throw 20 year guys. I say we go, with, we're going to go with the, uh... I'm gonna get it right. Amirov is that what we is that what we figured out? Rodian Ro- Amirov. Rodian Amirov. What a name! What yeah. a name. He uh, he's, he's different. Six foot, average size forward. I mean, I don't even I don't know where to yeah. begin with him. I'm gonna, I don't know. I think he's overrated is... personally. Way too high think... in the rankings. Yeah, you think so? Eh. Yeah, I mean, well, looking at uh, I know Rook's a defenseman, but. Like, based on what I've seen from Amirov, at least in the tape, it was kind of tough to find tape on this guy, but I think the mid-teens is a little high for him. I see yeah, him as I'm, a late I'm first Yeah, I'm going to agree round. with that. 
Um, quickly, just to interrupt that point, um, just got word back from uh, the Greyhounds guy, Peter Florio. Great. Um, he says he's solid, honestly. I can't say many negatives about him. He loves to play with a chip on his shoulder, and he can't shut and he can shut down anybody's top players on defense with ease. Um, yeah, that sounds. I think up. that if he works on his skating, he'll be he'll be a stud. Which I I can agree with that. I think um, you know, honestly, we should have got Peter on here to talk to us about O'Rourke today, but I maybe that we'll do that a little bit later on. Um, well, I think to to jump on that really quick, um, if he just adds a little bit more strength to his skating and to his overall game, I think he'll be a phenomenal player. You know, I think it's just this being able to bulk it up and you know get your strides stronger. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That, that's the thing that we say with a lot of players too, right? Like it's it's not easy to be a hundred percent NHL ready when you're when you're in junior hockey or you know collegiate hockey. It's, I think it's probably a little bit easier if you're in um, Europe and everything, but even then, it's not a guarantee. Right. But, but you could tell who has that that foundation and the oh yeah, I to mean, get it going when, real when, good. Easily, but those guys normally go inside the top ten, right? That that's why we're seeing guys like Quentin Byfield all up there, and and Marco Rossi's up there, you know. Well, I um, think O'Rourke has that framework of a good, strong skating game, and I emphasize strong. With he's going to be able to have a powerful stride if he works on it. Yeah. Um, Nick, you're going to have to fill me in on Amarov's stats here because okay. my page has gone unresponsive and will not work for me. Sure. So this is this is really falling apart for me here. Remind me where he played and and what his stats looked like. Um, he kind of bounced around in Russia, you know, over in Europe and a bunch of different leagues. Um, when he played in his U eighteen days, he, I mean, lit it up twenty two points in nine games with Russia U eighteen. Then he went to the MHL twenty six points in thirty one games, and then he hasn't really had, from the looks of it on paper, had a home. So then when he went, I guess in his second year of his, in the MHL, he had 22 points in 17 games. Um, it looks like he bounced around to a bunch of different teams. I guess it's like a lone player or something. Um, there we go. He bounced back. around. Yeah, so you'll be able to look at it in a sec. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened here, but um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Not not a um, an exceptionally high point totals either, except for when he went to the MHL. And... The MHL, I believe, um, is the basically the third tier league of the KHL, right? Okay. I think it goes KHL, VHL, MHL. Okay, so he probably got a few looks in those upper tiers, which is exactly what it looks like. And then his full-time home is the MHL. Yeah, so it's it's a major junior league in, in Russia. Gotcha. Okay. Well... Not Russia. There's four countries. But... Right. All right. So for those who are who are listening here and trying to figure it out like we are, the equivalent, I would say, is the KHL is the NHL there. The VHL is the AHL. And the yeah. MHL is the juniors. I think that's what we're looking at here. I know we have some European listeners. So if we got that wrong, please let us know. Yeah. So really, I mean, you look at his stats, right? And I think it makes sense. He played 21 games in, in the K, scored two points five games in the VHL and scored three points. And then he, he puts up 22 points in 17 games in the MHL, which it makes entire, makes perfect sense, right? That if that's junior hockey, that's the level he should be playing at. I think he played pretty well. I mean, I I'm watching some of the clips from him and it's let's, he's not facing that great a competition. You know, there was times he's just standing wide open in front of the net and nobody's coming to get him at all. He's just walking around, guys, like it's no problem. Like I, I think he's a pretty, a pretty solid player. You know, I, I, I can't. I'm not psyched. I'm not impressed. No, I, I I'm think not. He's way I'm, too high up in the rankings. I, I don't I, know what they see in him. I'm just kind of indifferent. Yeah. Like I think you said that as well. I just, I don't know. This is the kind of guy that I'd be a little bit upset if my team picked in the first round. I yeah I couldn't agree more. I I see him as a second round pick personally. It's this... it's tough to judge because sure he he might very well have the potential to be 
an offensive threat in the NHL. He might have that potential. I, I don't see him having a top tier potential. Maybe like a hell a fourth line forward. Maybe you can have scores on the fourth line forward. I see, can see that. But I that okay that I disagree with. I I think he has a pretty solid potential. You know I I think he could realistically get into that top six forward role. You know down the line. Um, and, and it's weird to me. I don't, I don't know if we're just missing the mark or not seeing what we're supposed to be seeing because everybody else has him ranked inside uh, at the end of the first round, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, even McKenzie I, and Button both have him at nineteen, which is I've, I think this is the first time I've actually seen them agree. I know. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. I, I, maybe I'm just missing something. But it's tough for me to tell because, sure, he might actually have that skill set to become a good weapon, a top six forward, like you said, but it's tough to tell what the competition he's facing because it, it doesn't look like he's trying not to put it on him, but it doesn't look like he has to try well, with the level of competition okay. he's playing. I'll, I'll give him this. He can skate. Okay, I, I can give you that, yeah. He can skate. He's got some decent size to him as well, and I think his shot is also pretty good. Other than that, I, I think it's going to take some work, right? I, this is not the kind of guy that is at all even remotely close to NHL ready in my eyes. Right. Well, you look at where he's playing right now is we're seeing a lot of highlights where he has all day to shoot. Oh, yeah. So, you know, what's it going to be like when he comes over here? And then now he's starting to have a lot of pressure on him when he does have the puck and there's defenders that are all over him when he gains control of the puck. What's going to happen? You know, that's going to be a tough adjustment for him. So, you know, it's tough to tell whether or not he legitimately is a good shooter. I mean, he has the ability to, you know, actually shoot the puck well, but it's the anticipation that's going to, you know, be a big question mark for him. Yeah, it's interesting to me, too. I'm just going to quickly check on his status as an import draft because... If I'm one of the uh, the teams, if I'm the team that drafts this kid, I kind of want him to be playing in the CHL, unless he's going to play in the KHL next year. So I can't find anything on if he's been drafted as an import to the CHL or not. Um, I think he's got a long way to go until you start. He get he starts getting training camp looks in the NHL. That's that's what I'm saying too. I I Four can appreciate. Years. And respect why these people have him so high, but I think this is this is really a matter of they they think his potential is very high, and I don't know if he's got the tools yet. Because Nick, I think we talked about Jacob Perot earlier. We talked about Jan Misak. We talked about Tyson Forrester. Those three guys are guys that I'd probably pick over this guy. Yeah, a couple. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think this is a type of player who, if we're going by these rankings, these are going to be teams that are either on their way towards rebuild or on their way to playoff team. They're right in that middle of the pack. And I wouldn't see why you any one of those teams would want to pick a player like him. This is a type of player that, you know, a Tampa Bay Lightning's going to pick. They got loads of prospects and a loaded team. You know, I mean, I, I don't see a team really using a valuable asset to get him. Yeah, it's, I don't know, it, it's a little bit of a weird spot for him. Like, I I don't want to come across as, you know, I hate the guy. Because I don't, I think he could be a talented player. I just don't see as clear of a path to the NHL as some of the other guys that we've talked about in the past. Especially considering, you know, I've seen... Guys like Jacob Perot, man, Craig, I don't, I bash on Craig Button a lot, but I, I got to seriously ask how he's got this guy at number 19. He's got Jacob Perot in the 50s. I, ju I just don't see it. May I ask why you wanted to talk about Amirov? Why? Because I wanted to put a little bit more of a focus on um, uh, Europeans this week because we've kind of uh, neglected the Europeans a little bit and... Right. Really, when I pick my players, I look for guys that we haven't talked about yet on different mock drafts, and then we look into them. Because I usually think that if there's a reason why they're up that high, then there's there's a reason to look at them. Yeah. Well, we got another guy, another European that we'll talk about later. But we're, we're, we're pretty excited about that one. He's the best for last. We're going to wait till the end of the show. But before we turn to our next guy, 
Frankie, we got to talk about sponsors. Yep. Yep. Boys over at Customized Sports. They've been with us for a long time now. Customized Sports. They make customized tackle twill jersey kits. What does that mean? Well, you go on their website or their eBay page. Frankie will give you that info later. He's the info guy. So you, you let them know what you want. You say, hey, I got this, this blank Bruins jersey. No number on the back. It's just the, the logo. I want some character to it. So you go up to them. They say, hey, who do you want? They say, I want a Patrice Bergeron jersey. So you, you tell them, Bergeron 37, you want the A on there. They'll send you the numbers, send you the name bar with Bergeron on it, and the captaincy letter for the A, and you put it on yourself. How cool is that? Can he or maybe you it? want some sweet junior hockey jerseys. Or some sweet junior hockey jerseys, because those are tough to find at a good price. So you buy a blank junior jersey, and then you can buy one of these. You're saving some money and you got a pretty sick jersey. I was one that yes, never sir. got junior jerseys. Now I got a few. Now you're hooked. Now I'm hooked. It's an addiction. It's an addiction. But we got another giveaway going, Frankie. It's a little different. Yeah, we do. So we're running a um a bracket challenge. It's a little bit too late to enter now, unfortunately. So if you didn't get in on this one, you're gonna have to wait until that the playoffs are done for uh, another giveaway. Um Unless we decide another one, we, we decide to run another one in parallel, but I don't think that's going to be happening. But, I mean, if you want to go check out these kits, you can find them at customizesports.com or find them on their Reddit or eBay page at customized sports. There you go. Go hit them up, guys. Save yourself some money and get a nice, filthy sweater. Yes. Yep. Moving on. All right. Next guy on the list, Frankie. We had a lot of discussion on him prior to this uh, this recording here. And yeah. we're both, I think, on uh, different opinions, but also in the same time on the same page. So we're going to really get on the same page now. Maybe not. Jake Neighbors. He is a forward for the Edmonton Oil Kings in the WHL. And he is a little all over the place. In, well, not all over the place, but in the rankings. You know, we don't really know where he's going to go first round, second round. Um, it's kind of a weird situation for him you know yeah. as far as play style goes and how i guess talented he really is i that i don't want that to sound bad or anything because he's got he's, he's a great player but you had some discussion of his line mate and how that mm-hmm. affected him earlier yeah so when i'm watching jake neighbors the player to me that actually started to stand out more and more and more as i started to watch was Riley Sawchuk. And I began kind of asking myself the question of who really drove the line. Was it Neighbors or was it Sawchuk? And I don't know, I'm I'm still kind of undecided, but Sawchuk is was way too good to not give him any of the credit for this. And I know it's the same kind of deal that you know, we, we talked about a little bit with Marco Rossi and with his line mates when we talked about him back in episode two. But I think Sawchuck deserves a little bit of the credit for this. Uh, the su- success that Jake Neighbors had this year. But that's not to say at all that Jake Neighbors doesn't deserve any of it. But I, I'm i not sure if Neighbors has as good of a season if, as he had if Riley Sawchuck isn't on the ice with him. Now, part of that is, as you and I discussed earlier, which could factor into is Riley Sawchuck is an overager, and he's going yep. off to play in U Sports for what was it, Mount Royal University? He'll be he'll be playing there. But Jake Neighbors is going to, into his third year with Edmonton, and the way I kind of see him is as like what I was thinking about earlier. Riley Sawchuk, I think, is like the Sebastian Ajo on the Hurricanes. And then Neighbors is like Jordan Stahl. Solid overall game. You're not going to see him making any flashy deeks or anything like that. Anything special on the ice, putting in dog work. But he's just he's just like a solid piece on the ice, you know? where he, He's going to hold his own. He's going to play his position. And he's not going to make any big mistakes. And that's the way I see him. You know? I have a hard time believing that Jake Neighbors is only 5'11", too. I was just going to say the same. He plays a lot 
I mean, he plays like a six foot two kind of game. Well, Sawchuck is also listed at five eleven, and I swear to God, Nick, those two are not the same height. No, I honestly, I saw Neighbors is bigger, way bigger. I thought he played a much bigger game. Oh, well, maybe maybe they're about the same size. I don't know. Maybe Neighbors is just bulkier. Um, they don't look all that different, or they don't they don't look the same. Sorry. Um, I don't know. I think there's certainly pluses to Jake Neighbors' game. I think he has one hell of a shot. Um, there's one there's one play in particular where I believe from the bottom of the circles he ripped it across uh, across the goalie's body, bar down, which actually it was short side. Sorry, uh, but it was an absolute hell of a shot. And I think if Neighbors can almost make himself more selfish. I think he'd be a better player. I understand mm-hmm. the value of playing with your line mates, but I don't know, man. N- Neighbors has such a good shot that it's almost like he should be the focal point of the offense, and they've almost given that that role to Sawchuck. I, I, that's an interesting take because when you're when you're trying to prove yourself, especially to get drafted in the NHL, if you're just a passive team player and not kind of taking any chances or being aggressive, you're probably going to fall a few spots. That might that might cost you some. That's an interesting thought. So if he can just improve on, yeah, being a, just a little bit more selfish, just a little bit, I think they'll be a, they'll be a well-balanced player. Now, that, that's not to say he should never pass a puck, because his, his passing right. ability is pretty good, right? I think we can both agree on that. Um, but, again, for a guy that has such a good shot, I'd like to see him use it a little bit more. Well, I think he relied on Sawchuck a lot for the shots, and so now it's going to be a test of okay, what's he really going to be able to do in his next season with with Edmonton? It's because uh, most tough. likely, I mean, if he gets drafted this year, which he will, it's well, how is he going to play? Because I I think he'll be in the WHL again next year. Um, oh yeah, I, I I'm wondering how he'll adjust without Sawchuck. Without a yeah, guy it's like it's. That. it's it's going to be interesting too, because right now you're talking about the number three team in in the WHL. That that would be why um, they they continue to do what they were doing. It's because it worked. You know, he that team went uh, 42, 12, 6, and four. Mm. They put up ninety four points. There's only two teams in in the WHL that had more points than that, and that's Portland and Everett. There's not too many teams in the chl that put up more than 94 points this year i mean like even looking at the points though for each of them sawchuck and neighbors they're pretty like even i mean they all that whole line shared the wealth you look at yeah. neighbors had 23 goals and 47 assists that's good for 70 points and then even sawchuck he put up just about the same 25 goals 51 assists so um i didn't really look who they played with on that line the other third person was but like Chances are, is he probably had right around the same with them too. That that was that's got to yeah. be a high powered line. I mean, that's that's what happened. But it's it's not just about the points, right? It's about watching and and seeing who is the one that actually drives the line, who is the one that makes the play when a play needs to be made. And there's times where I think you can make the argument that it's Jake Neighbors, and there's times where I think you can make the argument that it's Riley Sawchuk. And can you chalk that up to them being perfect fits for one another and making plays together? Absolutely. I think you can. I, th- I think it's the same situation with uh, Marco Rossi and, and Austin Keating and jo- Joseph Garafa this year. Right? Those three together were a force. I think that's absolutely fair. I think you can make that argument too in the NHL with Dreisaitl and McDavid. It's not always McDavid driving that line. Sometimes it's Dreisaitl. You know? So I think I think it's okay that Neighbors doesn't always drive the, the, the bus here. I would like to see him be a little bit more of the focal point on offense, which I think is what's going to happen next year. Because, as we noted, Sawchuck was not OA last year, so he won't be back. And that, that Oil Kings team, I'm not too sure what the state of the roster is, but I can't imagine they'll be bringing that many of the pieces back from, from this year, just with the cyclical nature of junior hockey. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what Jake Neighbors is able to do in the next season, which, by the way, we now know won't be starting until at least December 1st. While the Q Q training camps actually started today, Nick. So Saturday or Sunday Sunday afternoon is when the the training camps for the Q started. 
Oh, interesting. That's pretty cool. Surprised they're starting this early. Is, do they did they announce the regular season dates yet? Yeah, yeah. So regular season starts in uh, October first. For the queue. Oh wow. Yeah. So I guess we'll talk about that really quickly here because it's not going to take that much time. Quebec has been separated from the Maritime Provinces and they're playing in two divisions this year. Okay. Um, the teams in Quebec will stay in Quebec. The teams in the Maritimes will stay in the Maritimes. They've created two bubbles inside of each division, and those teams will play one another all year, is my understanding of it. I like it. I like it. I, think, so, I mean, based on what the NHL's doing, it should work. The Q, though, they've also said no fans for the entire year. I We expected that. You know, I'm, um, I'm not shocked I, by that. It's interesting, though, because we're also looking at the other two te- uh, leagues in the CHL right now holding off until December and hoping to have fans or at least season ticket holders in the arena when the games happen. Hmm. Which means I will be there. Yeah, Frank, you'll be repping his 67s. I will be at 67s games. You can yeah, bet your ass. Yeah. I'm uh, a little doubtful I'll be able to get to see my Bears and Hershey for the AHL. Yeah, I don't know. I don't um, know about that. So, anyways, that's some good news to see the juniors coming back soon. I think it's time to turn to our final prospect, Frankie, which you and I Mm. are both stoked for. I know you've just been so anxious to get to him, not just for him, but because we got to shout out the the hockey over there in Sweden. Because Swedish hockey's lit. (laughs) We were watching this tape of, of Gundler. We're doing our homework, and holy smokes, you guys over in Sweden love your hockey, and I love you for it. I envy it. Frankie I don't I, know. It might just be a Luea thing, I, I believe is what their team is called. Either way. I don't care. We got to get there um, for a game. I know we have some Swedish listeners. So I don't know if this is the guy, a, a team that you hate or not. Um, Direct message us on Twitter and tell us what game we need to go to. Because Nick and I are going to Sweden when <laughs> when yeah. we can. And we are going to one of these games because this is this is lit. I want to go so bad. Yeah, if if Lu, I'm guessing it's Lulela is how you say it, or Luela. I don't know. Um, and the SHL and like they, they go nuts. This is like if you've ever watched the soccer game and watching the fans there when they when they score, you just plop them all in this hockey arena and they they got the same energy. Oh, it's it super was, cool. It was incredible. It's I, super cool. I like watching his tape. I for a little bit. It took me a while to figure out whether or not he was just that good or it was just the crowd that was so fired up. <laughs> See, this, this is a funny thing, though, Nick. Like, people always, like, it, it's interesting because if the crowd was not the way it was, I wouldn't be smiling ear to ear right now. It doesn't matter what the sport is. It could be a game of hacky sack. But if the crowd's into it, people want to go. And I think that's amazing. I love what the crowds are like over there. And it's making me want to go to Sweden just for that. And that's what we're going to do. Yes, we are. We're going to do it. Book the tickets. We're doing it. All right. Well, maybe that's not a good idea, Nick. I don't know if you know what the state of the world is right now. but <laughs> Booking plane tickets to Sweden? Not a good idea. I will get there somehow. Okay. Anyways, we got to talk, yeah, we'll right talk about we'll Gunler. You want to drive to Sweden? Yeah, yeah. That might work out well. we'll just put the raft under the car and we'll get going cool yep all right all right so talking about gunler now Mm -hmm. aside from the crowd noise i had to mute Mm -hmm. i had to mute the tape for a little bit just so i could watch (laughs) him but he's a he's a heck of a player he has got elite potential frankie oh i think so he i like him a lot dude this guy is aggressive he is making it difficult for the other team he is relentless no, Nick. Okay, let me let me run something by you here. All right. Bob McKenzie is at twenty-eight. Yeah. Craig Button's at forty-five. Ah, Craig Button needs to get a new list. Or okay, no, no. But okay, but career. can can we can can we put our heads together and find some reason why Amarov is head ahead of Gunlock? No. I can't. I can't either. I really can't because uh, everything about Gunler I like more than. Neighbor, or not neighbors, um, Amarov. I wonder if this is just a scouting thing or this is just because there's no such thing as an exact science in drafting. I I don't get it because Gundler is clearly... Uh, I don't know. I mean, he puts up better numbers. I think he plays better than him. 
He's a lot more aggressive than Amarov, and he also has that elite offensive skill set, that, that potential to have that skill set in the NHL. Now, also, just, just to note, not exactly the most fair comparison to compare Amarov in the KHL to Gundler in the SHL because the KHL... Well, well not I even mean, not even the KHL. He's in, like, the juniors. In no, no, but to say that Gundler has 13 points in 45 games and Amarov only has two points and whatever, that's not fair because this, the KHL is the second-best hockey league in the world. I think the SHL falls in line somewhere after that. Well, he's not playing in the KHL, though, Amarov. But Amarov was. Was, right. But I'm I'm more looking at his junior numbers in Russia and the okay. MHL. That's what I'm more looking at. Well, then Am- Amarov puts up better numbers, if you want to look at those. Uh, but as far as, like, competition, though? Okay, so, okay, now you're just confusing me. Okay, all right, let, let's, let, me, let me get on the same page here, okay? Amarov, in a league that is simply not competitive, not as competitive, at least... He's putting up better numbers than Gundler. Gundler, in a more professional league, in a much more competitive league, is putting up just about the same numbers as Amarov. Yeah, Gundler's going to be really disappointed when he gets to North America and he sees the fans are sitting on their hands half the game. Dude, we got to adopt this this style of fandom here. Yeah, I mean, we got to start going to NHL games and just bring in that energy. Got to get a big (laughs) fan bus going. (laughs) I'm down. Uh, We'll go to wherever Gundler gets drafted. We'll start following him around and start going to his games and think the rangers draft them first overall uh no <laughs> um but anyway nick i i mean to get back to my point i i just don't understand why gunler has first of all fallen so much and second of all is behind amarov right i i can't agree with that i also just i i'd, I'd like to see i gotta check out bob mckenzie's list again because He's got some really good players at the end of the or in the middle to the end of the of the second round. Oh, I need to know who round. he's got in the first round. Yeah. I that's a that's a good point. We'll have to bring that up another day. Um I know like but, Craig I, I I messaged Craig Button to try to get him on this show, but after what I've said about him, I doubt that he's ever gonna do that. But we'll get him on one day. Pick <laughs> his brain. It is what it is, you know. Yeah. I, I, I don't get though the logic behind putting together these rankings. See that's or it's that's just because I the... mean a lot of what goes down in these draft when teams draft guys is the interviews too. That's the cool thing about drafting though, is everybody is able to have their own list. And I I I'll say this. For the most part, everybody kind of follows the leader, it feels, right? Like, you see all these numbers every single time. They are very close to one another. I'd say probably within seven to eight picks. Except for Craig Button. He doesn't care what anybody else thinks. Which I admire in a way, but <laughs> Gunler does not. I think he just doesn't 40s. destroy the pot, to be honest with you. But I think it's interesting, too. I'd like to see, in ten years down the road, I'd like to see maybe the, the rankings from a different scout on every team. Because I guarantee you that there are teams that have Noel Gundler inside the top 20. You think so? I think top there's 20. teams that have Noel Gundler inside the top 20. That's I fair. I think there's teams that have Noel Gundler in the second round. But you're talking about a six foot two forward who plays with as much uh, speed as he does. I think he skates pretty well. I also think he's got a pretty good shot. And I think he's got, you know... Something I that I something that I can't put into words that I really like about him. Relentless. That's the mm. first word that comes to me. Not maybe not physically, but he is ready to get that puck and get it in the pack of the net. He he's got that 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 eagle eye. You know, he's watching. He's ready. Sure. He he knows what's gonna happen next, and even if he doesn't, he's gonna he's gonna make sure he gets that puck. He, I mean, hell, he's got an elite shot. What are you talking about? He's got a. Hell of an offensive game. I like him. Got to get fired up for him like them Swedes over there. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, if you want to make a comparison too, we talk, we're talking about six points in four games in uh, Super Elite. Uh, four goals. And that is Sweden's version of junior hockey. So there's that as well for him. I've, I don't know, man. I, I had Noel Gunler going inside the top 
15, I believe it was, when I did my first mock draft back in December. Obviously, now that I've done it again, we've done it together. I have him outside of there. But I, I think, first of all, Noel Gunler is a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. I don't care what Craig Button says. I don't like that ranking at all. I think Bob McKenzie's ranking might even be a little bit low. I think around the 25 range is where I want Noel Gunler. Yeah, I think McKenzie's pick, give or take two or three picks, is Yeah, I mean, fair. a little bit, like, we're talking about a matter of three picks. Like, yeah. that could go three picks either way. I could see Gunler inside the top I could 20s. see him early 20s, early 20s. I don't know about top 20. I think that's a stretch, I, but I think I could 20s, see I think. him around, I don't. I, I think the absolute highest I could possibly see him going is 18 to 19. And that's a and reach, it depends I think. Who's I there. think 22 seems just, something about 22 feels right. It, de- it depends who's there, though, you know? Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. And you're it right. depends who's picking, and it depends who's available there. Because in this draft, there's there's obviously the tiers there. Who knows what team scouts want? I think there's I think there's teams that will have Noel Gunler up a lot higher than than some people would expect. And it all comes down, like you said, to what kind of players a team wants. Because there's obviously every team has their style of play that they look for first, or the, the kind of team that they're building. So um, I think Gunler can pretty much fit on any type of scheme you put him on, except for. Maybe a few Edmonton. I wouldn't want him on, but um, no, we don't really want any forward in Edmonton. Though I want them to pick seven defensemen in this draft. I'd be okay with that. I'd be okay with that. Hundred percent. Maybe a but, goalie. Like like I said though, Nick. I I think let's pick let's pick a favorite player that we talked about today. Ah, uh, I mean, me personally, I thought it was real fun talking about Gunler. But my personal favorite as far as play style is Ryan O'Rourke. I'm a sucker for good okay. defense. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Gunler guy. I, I, don't get me wrong. I love Gunler. Oh my I've God, been I'm high on Gunler. F- I've been high on Gunler for a while. I I think he's going to be a good player. I think some of the European guys have got lost in the fray a little bit here. I, I don't know if you'd agree with that, but it, it just kind of feels like here at least – we're not talking about them enough. Like it's, it's Stutzle and that's like the only European anybody is ever talking about. Well, I'd like to know, um, especially from, we've, we've a pretty good European audience right now. And I'd like to know from them, like, are these European players hyped up a lot over where you guys watch hockey, you know, or is the focus still on North American hockey? I'm sure there's a lot more focus on, you know, the SHL and, and that kind of stuff, but I'm wondering just how big of a spotlight these these European players are playing under over there. Yeah, I mean, I I'm curious too about just how special it is when one of these players come into town. Like when Connor McDavid came to Ottawa for his game, the arena was sold out. Like that guy, wherever that guy went, there was a a, ta- a trail of sold out arenas. I'm curious to know if it was the same thing for Tim Stutzle this year. Did people rush to the arenas to sell it out this year like like they did here? And even with Alexis Lef- uh, Lafreniere this year, too. I went to Gatineau. He played a back-to-back in Gatineau this year, and I went to the Friday night one, sold out, and then another sellout the next night. So I'm wondering if if it's the same there or if it's pro hockey and they just don't care. I think, I it, uh, yeah, that's a good question. Because, I mean, I, I remember the crazy stat I saw a couple years ago, like, there's like what five or six million people in Finland, which is like the equivalent of like Massachusetts or something, and yeah. like seven Finnish goalies I think have like made it into the NHL. I don't even remember the whole stat either way, but like there's th- these countries are are pretty low in population compared to North America, and hey, you know what, Nick? Here's what I decided: top prospects. Our trip is no longer just Sweden. Scandinavia, Sweden, Swi- uh, Switzerland, Czech Republic. We're going everywhere. Yeah. Forget it. We're spending we're a week it. out there. We're going to a different country each day. Skin- <laughs> Scandinavian uh, little field trip. We're going to watch some hockey yeah. games. See yeah. how you guys do it over there. I like I'm it. I'm talking a big talk right now because I don't think I'm leaving this country for at least another year. Uh, yeah, it might be a little <laughs> bit until we get this uh, 
there's a pandemic going on right now. So yeah, I don't know if you heard about that or not. But. Yeah, yeah. Until we get that under control, then um, well, we'll plan it. So yeah, yep. this is early talks. Let us know, guys. Like especially from those listening in Europe, we want to know what's what is it really like over there with hockey. Let us know where we need to go. Who are we watching? What cut? What the, what's the team we got to get on the bandwagon? You know, I don't know, dude. I'm I'm at this point. I'm kind of sold on going to. Uh, Luelia or whatever they're called because that looks lit that looks fired up i'm excited anyways it's the usual what do you guys want to hear on the podcast we did the team breakdown last week talking about the rangers if you guys like that kind of stuff we'll keep doing it mock- i think we're doing one next week i think we are i think we've talked about doing a different team mock drafts have done really well from what we've seen so if you guys want to keep hearing mock drafts you know we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. do those even more and then we'll, we'll do another reports. one of them after uh, the second round is done just so we have enough teams to, to do our next step. Mm-hmm. Um, I will probably carry those into the second round too. Why not? You know, and once our mock drafts are done, I think we'll start looking at uh, each player again and, and kind of go over what their life is going to be like in each situation that they're drafted into. So uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a fun couple of months. We're going to be figuring out what we can do on the fly. Cause this is our first time through this. So if you have any suggestions or any ideas, please let us know on our Twitter at HPR underscore podcast or on our Facebook at HPR podcast. Love it. Shoot us a message. Look forward to hearing from you guys. and We'll see you next time. Thank you for making it to the end of this episode of Hockey Prospect Report. Before we let you go, we want to once again remind you about our sponsor, Customized Sports. If you've forgotten, they offer high-quality tackle twill jersey kits featuring the name bar and the numbers that give a professional look to your, your blank jersey. For more information about Customized Sports, visit them online at www.customizedsports.com or on their Reddit or eBay page at Customized-Sports. Be sure to use code PROSPECT10 at checkout for your 10% discount and check out our Twitter giveaway that we're currently running. It's the pinned tweet on our Twitter. Thank you again for them sponsoring us.